Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to be covering Modern Age Grappling. This event took place on May 22nd in Hampton, Georgia. Um, Modern Grappling is is a title of a show by the company Terminus. Terminus is run by the current Ring of Honor champion, John Gresham and Baron Black. Um, it was kind of interesting when I was watching this event. I did not, um, I couldn't figure out, it was like, this is a whole new promotion or, or like I said, this is like a special Terminus event. I just, they didn't really make it clear on the commentary. So I was a bit confused on that. Um, so, but we're going to dive deep into this, uh, this show. It was a, a very interesting show. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I like this style of wrestling. I love the grappling style. Um, I thought they did some good things. I thought they did some, some things where I have questions about, but, um, overall I enjoyed the matches, you know, themselves presentation, a lot of things to work on, but, um, but again, we'll, we'll dive deep into that. And first of all, I want to say thank you for joining me here on another episode of Take It On Podcast. I apologize for not having a show last week. I wasn't planning on having a show last week, but, um, you know, that weekend was my son's birthday. We had family in town, and I was definitely going to record. I usually record on Friday nights, and and I was just ready to record, but my wife and I were getting the house ready decorations in the backyard and a whole big deal spider-man party spider-man showed up so we're getting everything ready and by the time it was like you know i'm like okay i'm gonna record like in a few minutes but i just want to sit down just kind of chill out real quick well as soon as i just hit their recliner, i was out woke up lights on it's like two in the morning where the hell it was and so there's just no way i'm gonna be able to do a podcast, so I apologize for that. Um, you know, life's getting really busy for me in these summer times. You got all these events um, coming up, a lot of birthdays. So I'm trying to pre-record some shows and um, and get those in the can, so we don't miss any weeks going forward. So thank you for being patient. I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, coming up next week is going to be a fun retro look back at uh, WCW Spring Stampede 1994. Um, I thought, uh, to me, it's one of the best pay-per-views from WCW. It's It has to be in the top five, if not top three. And re-watching it was, I felt like it was even better than I remembered. So I have a lot of fun talking about Spring Stampede 1994. Um, I'm going to talk about not just the matches and all that, but I'm going to talk about what WCW, what it was like during the spring of 1994, what would happen in the summer of 1994 when Hulk Hogan shows up, the tone of WCW changing in 1994. Uh, It's a very interesting subject. Uh, WCW 1994 is one of my favorite years of watching wrestling, but also kind of sad at the end because what happened... um, as for my fandom, I mean, good for business, good for WCW. You know, Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, ha- helped WCW attendance, helped their pay-per-views. But as a fan of the product, it just changed from being the – it went from, you know, the about the being in the ring and the, the work rate and – they had a really edgy style, especially in 1984, um, heavily influenced by Kevin Sullivan, what he took from his time in ECW. Um, and what ends up at the end of the year was just almost like we went back in the 80s, right, with Hogan and friends. And it's a very interesting time period. So I'm looking forward to talking about that next week. So look for that. Um, I think I think you guys are really going to like that episode. But this episode here is on modern age grappling, and this was fourteen ninety nine on Fight TV. Um, and right off the bat, when I saw the show length, it was like an hour and twenty minutes, and I was like, an "Hour twenty minutes? Like how many matches they have on this?" Well, it was a four match event, um, and 
So for that price of $14.99 for four matches, that seems a little steep. I think it should have been around the $10 range, maybe $7.99 range. Um, but hey, they're trying to make their they're trying to make as much money as they can, which I which I get. But it just I felt like they could have gave us a little a match or two more, like six total matches. Um, but you know, I I was uh, again like I was looking forward to watching this. I really liked I like a lot of these a lot of the guys on this card. A lot of great talent on this card. I love the grappling style. Um, you know, my promotion uh, premiere was similar um, to. Terminus, the uh, the ultimate goal was to resent pro wrestling as a sport. Um, enough with the the wrestling, um, though we did have some stuff like that. But mostly it was about competing, winning matches, moving up the card to title shots. Um, it was uh, we, you know, kept kept track of records and. And unlike AEW, which they do, but they don't really make sense, and it's just a now it's become such a joke. Um, even Evolve, the same thing. Evolve kept records as well, and Evolve just you know due to talent not being available, and it gets all messy, and they stop you know uh, keeping track of the records. But in Premiere, for the three years that we were running, I kept track of all the records, and my goal was because. You know, I'm a big sports fan, especially baseball. I love my San Francisco Giants. And what I love about sports, following sports teams, is that, you know, you're watching your team, you know, uh, compete, win. You're heartbroken when they lose. And when they lose multiple games, you see them sliding down the rankings. But when they win multiple games, they move back up in the rankings and they're getting closer to first place. That's kind of how I wanted the fans to get attached to premiere is to follow their favorite be it jeff cobb or timothy thatcher or jr kratos and see how they move up and down the card and like you know i want to be like a you know, like like your favorite team your favorite wrestler so i always enjoyed promotions that present the sport of pro wrestling so i was really excited about terminus uh, when that started, I saw that and I was like, "Great!" I, I, I'm always supportive of promotions that want to s- promote the sport of professional wrestling. Um, I did cover, I believe it was their second event. Uh, yes, it was a second uh, event, and it was some good, some bad, and it, it, it's they're still working on things. And even in this this show here, they're working on a lot of things and trying to figure out what they want to do, how they really want to present this. Um, so it's it was it was definitely an interesting watch. It was a very easy watch. Like I said, an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and you're, you get some you know really good matches between a lot of really good talent. So let's 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 get right. Well first I want to talk about the, the crowd. Um, that was disappointing to see when it was I would say it was maybe 30 to 40 people and um, when guys make the entrance they they would go around the ringside area and there's this one side which i believe was maybe to the right of the hard cam if you're looking at the hard cam into the ring just sea of empty chairs right well that's you like two rows each but it just like it's it takes you takes you out of it you're like oh shoot there's like no one here and then in the uh, opposite the hard cam that's where they put the fans but I mean, I might be being generous by saying 30, 40 people. It could be even less than that. Um, Jordan Grace, Jonathan Grace's wife, was in the front row, you know, supporting her husband, supporting this this product. Um, the fans there were – it was an interesting crowd. Um, they were respectful of the wrestling. Um, during the grappling exchanges, they were quiet, um, didn't really bite. Some of the submission attempts, some of the the submissions escapes. So the mat work, they weren't really in, but they were respectful. They were watching it, and but they would get up and react when there was a hard strike or a hard tackle or a slam or a suplex. Uh, there's these two older ladies in the front row who 
I just got a kick of watch, out of watching them because especially when there was a strike exchange or any kind of like, you know, big bump, they would react like, oh my God. You know, I just love that. Like they're totally into it and totally like, you know, they hear a chop or a forearm and they're like, oh, how, you, know, you see they're the, oh, I hope he's okay. And like, you know, I, I, that was cool. I like, I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously disappointing for the promotion to draw this small of a crowd. I mean, I've been there before. I think my first premiere show was maybe 40 people. You know, we did grow from there, obviously. But, you know, that was, uh, and that was like flying to town and doing all this stuff. And it's still it just, it's my first show, it's like, I remember being def- kind of defeated about it. And, but luckily, I mean, the building we were running, this beautiful uh, nightclub, beautiful building. Um, it was a great starting point for the promotion because it's a smaller building and, and you grow from there. And the and the owner of the uh, the manager of the nightclub, like he pulls me to the side and pulls my buddy Matt Delarose aside at the time. We were we were the owners of Premier, and and I was like, oh, he's gonna be disappointed. He made him make money on the on because we had a deal where he made money at the. Uh, at the bar, you know, the food and the, and the, and the drinks. All right. And, you know, I thought he's going to be like, oh, guys, it's not going to work out. We're not going to do the next one. But he was pumped. He's like, you know what? You guys worked hard. I loved it. And like, he gave us like this big motivational coach speech. And that's how I, it's, and like, just, you know, I've been there. We've put on shows that were drawn, but I mean, you just got to doubt you see what you did. You dig deeper. Like it was like the, it's like what I needed there because I was bummed. Even though the, the, the wrestling was good in the ring and all that, the product was fine. It's just the tenants, you know, wasn't there, you, you know. And so I remember just being bummed out. And I just, but, but when this, uh, when the owner of the, the, of, the, of the club just gave me this speech or, and Matt and myself the speech, it fired me up. And I'm like, okay. So we just kept building from there, building from there. Finally, we finally, but we sold out. And then the owner of, the nightclub, but not of the building. Um, they were going to sell it and all this stuff. So we had to find a different place, the Portuguese hall, which didn't have all the bells and whistles of the nightclub. It was kind of just a bare bones uh, hall, but, um, but you know, it, it was a bummer that, cause we really had that club rocking right at the end. That was the last show, which was the classic um, Oliver John versus Jeff Cobb match, which you can find on YouTube. So I mean I don't know what they did I don't know if they I don't know if they flyered to town a lot of promotions I, I just see like just post on Facebook post on Twitter um, I don't know flyering to town is a thing I mean I don't think it's out here I don't see anything when people run shows um, I went to a, a show recently in Gilroy same place where actually the same place same building where I used to do premiere uh, a new club owner came in and uh, they ran a show there. And disrespected the word of the disrespected the sport of wrestling, for the most part. And uh, they they drew the first time there drew a small crowd as well. So it's a tough area. Be and but I noticed one thing: they did not flyer, did not flyer at all. So um, I see a lot of promotions in the Bay Area drawing really well. Um, West Coast Pro does a you know draws, you know. They could be they're gonna be in a bigger building. I don't know what they're it's be interesting what they're gonna draw next, but I think they'll do well. I mean, the the promoter there, he spends a lot of money, brings a lot of talent. So you know, it's part of it, you know, part of it, bringing stars. Now, this promotion here, uh, modern age grappling, I mean, no one's really a star that's gonna like bring in the casual fans. So or someone's like, Oh shoot, he's in our town, let's go see it. Um, they have a lot of great wrestlers, really good workers, but no eye-catching names. And that's not to be disrespectful to anyone. Um, but it's just realistic. These guys are of a niche indie wrestling product. You know, ROH was very niche, you know, like, you know, the hardcore wrestling fans know Ring of Honor. So John's aggression just Ring of Honor World Champion is not going to draw anyone, right? Really, I mean, other than the hardcore fans, I don't know what, what happened here. Um, you know, I know action wrestling in Georgia does really well. They have a nice building and, and a great enthusiastic crowd, but they've been there for a while so they've they've had their fan base but you know i would think some of those fans would want to come out i don't know how far hampton is from where action you know runs but um i just thought it was you know a little bit i hope they keep continue 
And their next show's in June. I think oh, I thought they said June 30th. I, I forgot to write it down. I wanted to, and I forgot. Um, so I hope the next show, they just keep adding more people and more people check this out. Because I want people to support wrestling of this style. Wrestling uh, that doesn't insult our intelligence, that brings back the sport, brings back the competition of wrestling. So um i hope that i hope they do well in their in their june their june show um when i was watching this show after i finished it you know they had four matches and these are all these matches all have rounds each match is competed they're all singles matches and they're all competed with six five minute rounds um there was no rules displayed Uh, it's not the pure rules deal or anything like that, but I believe it's it's you know similar, just with no the rope break deals not in effect. Um, like you know you got three rope breaks, you use them all, and then when, you know you can't use them again and to to save yourself out of submission or a pinfall, whatever. Um, so other than just you know being you know honoring the rules of wrestling, it it, it there was no like there's just no focus on. Like, why is it a round system? Why are they doing this? Uh, Colt Cabana and uh, Lenny Leonard were on commentary. I thought Colt with Cabana was fantastic on this. I He was great. I love... I mean, I always liked Colt Cabana. Uh, we booked him at APW, and he was always awesome. Always easy to work with. And always gave 100%, of course. And But I just loved him here on The, the Color. I thought he added a lot to the matches, explaining the the holes, the counting holes. Uh, Lane Leonard had, you know, <coughs> who I like because he has a, he has a really great voice for commentary. But he you know, he had a little rough time. He's also doing the ring announcing from his the the desk there, and he kept saying the rounds wrong a little bit. But he kind of made fun of himself. But you know, they're, they're <laughs> it was a little uh, you know amateurish when that happened but yeah whatever i mean like i said they're they're figuring out what they want to do um but again after i watched the show i started thinking about like okay saw some good wrestling between some really good talented wrestlers but what was the ultimate goal of the show like what other they did, they did shoot an angle and i'll talk about that in my review but leading to the next show but what was the goal what was the ultimate goal of these of these wrestlers when they win matches like they just win and then just booked another matches next week or next month <clears throat> like like it was just other than like yes they win matches they get the you know quote unquote bigger share of the purse but what happens next? Like, does the winner of match one face the winner of match two? Um, John Gresham was the is the Ring of Honor champion. He wasn't defending the title. I don't know. Now that AEW owns Ring of Honor, I don't know if Tony Khan wants Gresham to be defending the title like he was has been doing. But he is. I don't know. But like, like does the, does the winner of the main event get a chance at Gresham? If that's the case, why was Gresham in the second match? Um, so I was just ultimately at the end, you know, minus the minus the the good wrestling, just felt a little unsatisfied after it ended. And I started like, and I I felt this the next day. I kept thinking about like, what could they do to build up interest next? Year? They shot an angle, and I'll talk about that. But you know. Like that, that I just felt so unsatisfied, and I, I just I thought like what I would have done differently. Um, like I said, no, like people play sports, teams play sports, boxers compete in boxing fights, and when they win, they move up to something else, right? Um, they're moving up the rankings, or they're moving up the standings. So I just kept thinking like. What could they do to kind of give some kind of like ultimate goal for the fan, the viewer at home, the viewer in the, in, in, in the building? 
something to kind of just get invested in. Um, and I started thinking about in the 40s and 50s and 60s, um, the, the territory days. You know, a lot of these territories, of course, how they all these just in smaller towns, and it'd be like, say, let's take the LA territory and let's take and say like Long Beach, right, would be a town. And they would do these like, you know, because there wasn't like a lot of guys on the card. They would do some of these like own town only tournaments, like for the Long Beach trophy, right? And they would do a tournament. And it's the winner of the tournament with, you know, maybe he'd get a future shot at the America's champion in a, on a future card. Or uh, it's won by uh, a guy, obviously, you're going to be pushing to do main event the Olympic Auditorium. You know, like, so the people get behind and a new sensation. You know, you bring Chavo Guerrero in and he's winning this tournament in Long Beach. Now the fans know, okay, this guy's going to be the next you know, top guy or next challenger for the title. So I thought like ter- Terminus or Modern Age Grappling should have done something very similar here. Instead of like the four matches, there were, I would have had six matches. Um, five tournament matches total, four first round matches, and a final. So you have eight competitors. Um, plus one tournament match. Uh, non-turn match, so the you know, so the finals finalists can both get a break after uh, after their match. Um, the winner would punch their ticket into the modern grappling or terminus championship match at the third event. So they whoever won this tournament is off the next show, or maybe they have a. Uh, uh, a non-terminate match versus uh, someone, and you could do uh, what could be at stake because I, th- I always think there should be s- something at stake, you know. So, say for example, Josh Woods, he was on this card, and I'll take his name. He wins the first tournament, right? And so next week or next month, he wrestles. Um, an un, a guy that wasn't on the card before. Let's just say Alex Shelley, right? Let's just say he's so he's in the, he's in the, that that break non tournament match between the the tournament finals, uh, some of the tournament uh, first round and in the, the finals, right? There's that that buffer match, that non tournament match, and so but Josh Woods has his ticket punched for the show number three into the finals between. A championship match between him versus the winner of the tournament on this night. But if Josh was loses and Alex Shelley wins, Alex Shelley automatically gets or something like that. You know, you could just kind of like give some kind of like stakes to the match. Um, and then you know the winner, the winner of the second tournament, you know, goes on to face you know Josh Woods in the finals, and that determines. The modern age grappling champion or uh, trophy holder, and now that becomes the goal for each terminus event, right? Or or modern age grappling event. You have a tournament, and the winner of the tournament faces the the trophy holder the following show or something, you know, something like that. I don't know. I was trying to just trying to make. Some kind of like way for people to follow and get invested in each show going forward. So, um, and then, I don't know what they have planned for to, uh, to create a champion or it just, I know there wasn't, they wasn't talked about. It was just matches. Here's matches. Here's, here's wrestling. We honor wrestling. We, we, you know, it's about the rules of wrestling. We have rounds and, and that was about it. That was about it. So, um, I think. I think that's what I would like to see them focus on. So, you know, the fans can just get behind something and then get invested in a product. Um, let's get into the show. Man, before I get into the show, let me just uh, get a plug for Fight Game Media Plus Patreon. It's $5 a month. 
a lot of great shows on there. Garrett Gonzalez and myself, we do a Raw 1998 review. We look back at Raw from 1998. We're watching the shows. We're watching the the, the Raw episodes. We're watching the pay-per-views. And we're talking about it. It's a lot of fun looking back at these. You know, this really hot period of WWF wrestling. Um, there's, uh, there's the... <laughs> There's a, excuse me, sorry, the Joshi show with Scott. He has a very, he did a great Hannah Kimura show honoring her. Um, that was a big success. Um, that, you know, so Brace for Impact show with J.D. Oliva and Mike Gilbert uh, talking Impact Wrestling. Uh, the Patreon episode has all the news and dirt and all the, all the signings and people going, people coming in. So, you know, Mike and J.D. are just on that. Um, with everything Impact Wrestling. To me, it's the best Impact Wrestling podcast out there today. And um, they do the free show. They review the television episode. But if you really want to know the dirt and what's going on in Impact Wrestling, definitely want to join the Patreon for that. So, okay. Now, let's get into this card. Match number one was Josh Woods. He defeated Will Ferrara in round three. Josh Woods, the former Ring of Honor uh, pure champion. He beat John the Gresham. In a, in a match where I thought, <laughs> in a match I thought, it, 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 even though Josh Woods won the title, like I didn't think Gresham put him over strong enough. It, like it was more like controversial, and I don't know. It just I was like they could have done a better job with that with that match. Um, Will Ferrara has been, you know, he's a smaller wrestler, but he's really talented, um, long time Ring of Honor guy, um, always has good matches. Um, this first match was establish the rules of the tournament and give you know to give the viewer what they will be expecting with the style of wrestling they're going to be watching. So I knew this match would go more than two rounds, kind of established to the viewer at home and in the audience, you know, the round system. Uh, round one ended with both men even, which I thought was really good. Uh, round two, Will Ferrar was able to take over by working on uh, Wood's left arm. Um, there was a a great spot right at the bell where um, Will Ferrara had the short arm scissors on Josh Woods. Josh Woods did the old uh, Bob Backlund, you know, power out of the short arm scissors, which always looks awesome. Um, and instead of like dropping him down and slamming him, the bell rang to the round end. So to show sportsmanship, um, he puts them down. So you get over the sportsmanship aspect of modern grappling wrestling. Uh, and then, and in the third round, uh, Woods, you know, end up winning like in the minute or so with an arm bar. It was a good match to establish the style of modern age grappling. And I really liked it. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, you know, Woods, great look. Does lack the charisma. I would like. I would love to see a little more fire in this match. Uh, Will Ferrara is very underrated. Um, he did a lot of great little things. Just freaking awesome in this match. The finer details of his work is just. I really enjoyed watching him. And you know, I kind of wish there was a. a I guess nowadays everyone's kind of like on the smaller end, right? In a lot of promotions, so size is not a big issue as it. It's still an issue in WWE, but a lot of other places, you know, size really doesn't matter too much. But if someone really had a, a strong, focused junior heavyweight division or lightweight division, you know, Will Ferrara would be a guy I would have on that roster for for that because he's really talented. Match number two was Jonathan Gresham defeating Invictus Cash in round four. Um John, like I said, John Gresham, one of the owners of the company with uh, Baron Black. Um, this is, you know, their baby and the style that they love and they want to present wrestling as. Uh, it's just pure in its pure form, as they say. Um, if it is cash, I talked about him before and on the, on the previous tournament, tournament show, I think this guy's an A-plus talent. I think he should be, how is this guy not on my television every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, how is he not? And how is that? I mean, AEW, like, not signing this. I, mean, I know he's done stuff in Dark and Aria Defari's tag team, but I still see this guy as a singles. I still see him as a Lord Steven Regal type of wrestler. Uh, 
you know, he could be a, a cocky heel, but he could still out wrestle people. Um, I just, I just see this guy. I see this talent here, talent. Like I said, A plus talent. And I wish, I, I don't know if he has, even has a contract at AEW or not. But if I'm Tony Khan, I'm signing this guy and doing something with him. You know, um, he's a guy that. You have to do it's he's a guy you go and, and watch and discover discover, right? Um that you you be you be not reactionary, but you, you know, you go and seek out and find, right? Because you you're searching for these diamonds in the rough. They might not get this, you know, indie love from the indie fans, and they're talking about, you know. But he's such a talent, and you you got to feature it. And people are like, oh, damn, who is this guy, right? I didn't know he was this good, right? I think today most people are just reactionary, like, oh, this guy's get popular. Let's sign him or let's book him, right? You know, they see fuck. This is what drives me fucking insane. I'm so, excuse my language, but when I see these ta- these people getting booked all over, and they're not good. And they're only getting booked because they have a popular gif on Twitter. They like, they do a fucking moonsault off a balcony, but you know, and it looks good on a on a on a uh, on a gif. Uh, they do some kind of big flying spot over the top ropes, twisty four fifty flip, blah, blah blah, and yeah, great athleticism, wow. But then. But you don't see in that gif is that they can't wrestle a fucking lick, right? And but those guys are flown over, getting paid way overpriced. And a guy like if it is cash, should I should see him everywhere. I should see him everywhere. Right? West Coast Pro here in the Bay Area, they're there's they're fucking booking a bunch of people. And some guys that they're paying and flying in, huh? Couldn't even Last two minutes would look outclassed in less than two minutes that they're in the ring for Invictus Cash. It's a pro, man. Talented fucking worker. And it just drives me insane when I see a lot of these people who are just not that good just because they got some stupid indie buzz for some bullshit getting all these opportunities. I guess that's just, I know it's, the business is fucking nuts and not fair, but what happened to the because there's not there's no promoters. There's mostly marks doing promoting now or booking. It's usually the same thing. The promoter and the and the booker is all the same. And and they don't and, and they just they're just booking these goofs. And when you got these really talented guys, like if it is cash, like I said, they should be everywhere. We, I mean, he should be one of the hottest guys at the Indies. How can he how is he not? Like He's so smooth in the ring. I love watching this guy work. He just glides in there. Everything he does is smooth. Uh, great facial expressions. His timing, his footwork. He's a fucking talent. And I mean, he reminds me of like, I'm, I'm, one of my favorite workers of all time is Brad Armstrong. Just like Brad Armstrong, just, just so smooth in that ring. He's just floating in there with his stuff. It's all effortless, his movements. And I love smooth workers like that. And Invintage Cash is just like that. A Ron Star. Look up Rotten Ron Star for young kids that don't know who that is. Watch him. Smooth as could be in the ring. Um, and, and it reminded me. He reminds me. Invintage Cash reminds me of that, of that type of worker. I know I'm going on and on. But I just get passionate about talented people in this wrestling business. I just get I just get frustrated when I, I don't see them get the opportunities that other people are getting up you know getting opportunities in and so so hey i'm out there so anyone promoters if you're listening you know take a chance on a guy that's going to give your promotion credibility and he will pay off your investment because once your fan base sees him and they're like yeah this guy is good and they're going to want to see him again. So it's going to be worth keeping bringing this guy out. So anyways, to the match. Match number two. John DeGresham defeated Invictus Cash in round four. Uh, 
this match again was to educate the audience at you know even though these matches are between matches competed with respect between the competitors tempers could flare uh, round one the story was Invictus Caps kept countering Gresham's every move you know Gresham you know he's the octopus uh the ultimate grappler in there, always slick and reversing stuff. But in the round one, it was Invictus. He always had, a, he had an answer for everything Gresham came up with. I loved it. Uh, round two, both men ended up in the corner. It was Invictus Cash pushing up against uh, Gresham in the corner, and Gresham kind of pushes off. But then Invictus starts grabbing his eye like, hey, he poked in the eye, and he's getting a little heated. But Gresham's like, no, it's an accident. So, you know, Educating the, the fans that some some stuff could happen, and instead of like making a big production out of it, I mean they came focused on it. They gave it time for the audience at home and there to kind of register what was going on, but it wasn't like over the top, right? But you could see because Infinity Catch is a good worker, is like subtle fake expression, like being a little frustrated with it. Like, all right, I mean that was a che- I think that was a cheap shot, right? And Gresham was like, "Nah, it's not a cheap shot. It was, it was, uh, it was on the up and up." There was a, a monkey flip that looked really ugly, and luckily Cash wasn't hurt on it. I was a little worried about that one. Um, and round round two ended up with the Gresham on top of this this round. Uh, round three, round three, excuse me, uh, with with Cash again coming out more aggressive. They start. This is where he started throwing European uppercuts. Gresham was firing back with some chops. Um, a little bit. A little bit too much of that, you know, Victus throw a forearm, he'd wait, and then Gresham would just sit there and fire back I, with a chop, you know. Like I just, with his chest out, I just, I liked it when, like, Flair and Steamboat is the easy one to kind of point, at, point to, where Flair would just chop, chop Steamboat. Steamboat, oh, he fucking sell it big. Turn around, get position, and he, but he's selling like, oh, yeah, he, oh, and then Flair's like, Haha, I got you. That's right. Or, you know, just kind of like watching, just reveling what he just did, right? To Steamboat. And Steamboat just fired back with a chop of his own. Like, it was, it wasn't like you're just standing there in the middle, just trading, right? Um, but today it was like, oh, I can see it every match. Like, people just standing there and trading stuff. I just keep working to, just to kind of, you know, I, who in a fight would want to just sit there and go like, hey, just punch me, you know, and I don't know. Or give me a chop. I'm Here, I'm giving you my chest to hit. Or I'm giving you my chest to take this forearm shot. So that stuff, I don't know. Not, not a big fan of. Um, Cash got this awesome looking neck crank or can opener on, on uh, Gresham. I don't know what it was called. You know, I thought that's what my buddy promised Thomas what that was. Um, but I, it was it looked nasty. I love it. I love that stuff. Bringing some realism submissions into the product. Um, Gresham got a leg lock on Cash, who made the ropes. And Gresham did not release the hold quickly enough to Cash's liking. And things got a little heated at the end of round round three. You know, Gresham was like more like, hey, I'm kind of, you know, I'm locked in tight. You know, so he was, you know, he wasn't he wasn't trying to hold on too long. He's, he's, he's apologizing, but in cash after the eye poke, and now this, he's fuming. He's frustrated. He just want, he wants to just fucking knock Gresham's block off. So he comes out firing some big shots, big slams. The pace is now quick and picked up. Gresham is countering stuff, and finally, Cash's aggression fails him, and he gets caught with uh in a cradle by Gresham and Gresham gets to win like his uh, uh so I just thought that was a beautiful story that these guys told and uh, really really enjoyed the match uh match three Baron Black defeated Adam Priest in round two I like this shorter just two rounds first one went three the second one went four yes there'll be shorter matches not every match is gonna go all five rounds or or past three like you know, they're going to be, hey, wait till they do a, a round one victory, something quick, right, to educate the fans. So I like that they did something um, a little quicker here. Uh, there are a lot of production issues with this show, the graphics. Like, a you know, guy would make his entrance and they would just show the graphic. 
and and they, and they bring the graphic up and he's in the ring it's like no and but sometimes they would show the entrance and so they're just trying to figure all that stuff out but the <laughs> the graphic said adam priest versus baron baron not baron black i thought that was just kind of funny but you know that shit should be caught uh before the bell rang around one you could you know they you know baron black reached out for a handshake but priest kind of was hesitant and he and then he's telling us you know just trying to tell a story that like, there's some history here you know oh this is gonna be a little it's gonna be a little bit there's a little issue between these guys what's gonna happen uh yeah it was a good match good match i really like i like baron black i i, I think he's easy he's a good talent i really like adam priest that i you know again another guy uh, who should be out there more and more? In my in my opinion, I mean he does well, but I I I think he should be like I remember when I used to watch Dark Hair and Air, just kind of see just some of the matches. I remember like use the people they would book on these indie guys were just fucking horrible for the most part, right? And then I remember seeing Adam Priest. I'm like, well, this guy has a freaking clue, right? And I'm like, this is the guy that should be signed, right? A little you know you know short. Uh, uh, built. You know, sorry to bring him up. I know the some people don't even like to mention his name, but he kind of like that Chris Benoit, Dynamite Kid build. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, unfortunately, you know, again, he's you know, not he's not getting flown out everywhere in the United States because probably doesn't have a gift out there of himself doing something stupid. But fuck, like like if it is cash, he's a solid fucking worker and he, he's good and talented and. And, you know, I just enjoy his work. I, and I think, and I would love this, and he's a building block to me from Terminus. And he's been on these, a lot of these shows, so I, I did definitely see that in him. Um, I, and I think, God, I can like, I would love, like, <laughs> Tony Khan is funny. He has all these championships on the show. There's like a million championships in AEW. It's just, now they got the Ring of Honor title on there. And then he's talking about, I got all these other belts I made that I haven't even introduced yet. And it's like, well, It'd be nice if you got rid of a lot of the other belts and and really do a focused junior heavyweight division. And if you do that, sign Adam Priest to that division. And I think he would really get over, you know, you know, the smaller, just high impact guy, no nonsense, you know, dynamite kid esque style, which is easily gets over with any audience. So Love to see Priest sign the AW and in WWE. You know, should get opportunities in New Japan strong. You know, he should be on those shows. Um, he's a lot better than a lot of the guys. I, you know, lot, don't get me wrong. New Japan strong has a lot of good talent, but there's some talent that he's definitely he's definitely ahead of. So, match number four, the main event of. Of the show was Brian Johnson defeating Rhett Titus in round four. Um, Brian Johnson from Ring of Honor, the Mecca. Um, I really like this guy. Big personality, really good promo. Um, yeah, just he's he's like a he's like a Roddy Piper esque guy. Uh, how's he not in WWE right now? How is this guy not in even AEW? Um, the WWE specifically, like he'd be fantastic. The promo, um, you, I would use him as the a player coach type of deal. He'd be a great guy to have a big, you know, heater or uh, with him. You know that he could do the talking for and talk and talk, but he also could wrestle. He gets in there for every once in a while, and his mouth gets in the heat, and finally he he starts transitioning transitioning more to wrestling and wrestling. So, you know, I, I don't know, I. I he should be. He should be in. He should be in AEW. Maybe he'll be in the new uh, whatever the Tony Khan has plans for the Ring of Honor product. You know, so. But I, I like him, and Red Titus. He's been in the Ring of Honor for such a long time, um, and I can, and it's, he's been around what twenty years. But I would still say underrated because a lot of people don't talk about how good this guy is, and he's really really good. Um, I was never a fan of the All Night Express, but I was a fan of him. Um, I was never a Kenny King guy. I just don't, I don't get it. Didn't see it. Um, so I, I was really excited to see him on on the show. 
and he's great like he has a personality great look great work in the ring just smooth i want to see him versus invictus cash on this on this promotion they would have a hell of a match um brian johnson of course did a lot of this trash talking uh, that's what he does he comes out he just talk 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 talks and you just you know he could just he, this guy could draw some heat man and this crowd as small as it was we're getting on him uh this was a more traditional heel babyface matchup which is good to have on these shows it can still be competitive it can still be about the sport but it's you know um it's good to have that a cocky and arrogant guy right um round one was just red ties out wrestling brian johnson and brian johnson would just get so frustrated i mean uh titus would get like these leg scissors it's still like it was a crank on it and still do some push-ups and and just flex and you know just having fun and just frustrating the hell out of brian johnson during the uh the breaks between the rounds which felt like anywhere from 30 seconds to 15 seconds um <laughs> uh, brian johnson was the first guy because they each each match each wrestler had a second and it was like either it looks like a young boy or uh yeah, that was there to you know provide water, a stool, maybe some strategic advice, or usually it was just there to give water and, and a towel. And um, but Brian Johnson was the first one to kind of use the second, and and the way he used the second was by just berating him, like just treating him like a like ungrateful. This guy's out here, like dude, he's, he, what an asshole! This guy's out here to help you, give you water, give you a towel. Um, help you, uh, you know, revive yourself after a tough round. But he's just just berating this poor kid, right? Loved it. Uh, round two ended with uh, uh, Brian Johnson hitting a closed fist, right? And the referee got him, but is and warned him, and it was the end of the round. And and uh, Rhett Titus was wanting to go in it but he's still trying to in the back you know in his mind okay this is we gotta be respectful of sports so he wants to okay i'll wait my turn i'll wait this round this 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 uh uh this break is over but when we get back in round three i'm gonna start coming at you and that's what happened a lot more have high impact offense with both men um brian johnson in this uh he propelled himself uh, between the top and second rope to like a little splash think of the batman bigelow splash on the top rope he would do uh but this was just through the rope um which is one of the Brian Johnson's, I believe, standard moves he did. Um, Rhett Tice had this beautiful drop kick. He has a hell of a drop kick. Uh, but the round two ended when he went for the cover. Loved that. Um, and then Brian Johnson sold that drop kick big time. Actually, Rhett Tice's drop kick is so good that I think he has used it for a finisher. And it's a believable finisher because it looks so good. It's like you know jumping Jim Renzel would use as a finisher because it looks so damn good, right? Uh, Brian Johnson's like he has a soul being knocked out during the rest, rest period. Uh, Johnson's second came in to revive him, even though he's getting verbally abused by Johnson this whole match. He's, you know, he's, he's still the second is this good kid is just doing a, his job and helping helping Johnson kind of wake up. And Johnson, he's like, he's out, but he starts coming to. And as soon as he comes to, he starts giving this corner man grief. Oh my god, what an ass, right? Love this guy. Uh, and he just Brian Johnson takes the water from his second and he just pours it on his head, just douses himself to wake himself up. But it's right in the middle of the ring. A big old puddle starts forming in the middle of the ring, which I now I get why this was the main event and not Invictus Cash and Johnson Gresham to do this to do this spot. So again, round four starts. Now there's this puddle of water. In the middle of the ring. And th- I thought this was very freaking creative. Uh, and Titus comes out of, of round one just opening up his stuff. He's, 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 you know, he sees he has Brian Johnson hurt. So he's opening up the offense. But he slips on the puddle. And Johnson takes advantage of that and gets the win. I thought it was great. Um, I thought Rhett Titus's reaction should have been more, a little more angry. He's kind of just... it was He was angry, but it was more... I'm trying to explain <clears throat> more performance than like believing that he was angry, right? I don't. So that's how it came off to me. I'm sure he wasn't trying to go for that, but it's just the way it, it it came off. Like, 
and he was out because he left quickly because you know he had to do the there's an angle at the end of this uh Cole Cabana comes out to interview Brian Johnson and he starts talking to Brian Johnson about the controversial victory about the puddle of water and Brian Johnson just starts talking trash about Cabana talk about just talking about how but Cabana is not, not the same man anymore. How he surpassed Cabana. And Colt's did a great job of just being professional. You can tell he's he's registering that he's getting under his skin with this. But he hey, he has a job to do. He's being professional. And finally, after he just had a... I think uh, Johnson took a cheap shot at Cabana. And it just broke down. They had a little tussle, a little fight on the outside of the ring. And they start work, fighting towards the ring. And they get in the ring, but Brian Johnson just, you know, bails out. And Cole Cabana cuts this fiery promo about um, wanting uh, next month to face Brian Johnson in, in the ring. So, you know, they're just getting something that, that, you know, getting the hook for the next show, which which I like. Because, like I said, oh, other than that, overall, like, okay, I get the angle. I get what they're doing there. But, like, ultimately, as... The goal of the promotion for Wrestle to win, like what's next? You know, are they keeping track of records? Um, who gets the main event slot next next month, right? Why did Brian Johnson and Red Tyus get the main event slot? Obviously, I know booking reason why, because you don't want to do the puddle spot in the opener or second match, and then the guys have to work around that, you know, a, a, a wet middle of the ring. But like, why would the Ring of Honor's champion, even though it's non-title, not be, be in the second match in the main event, right? So all that stuff wasn't really explained, and that, that was part of my frustration with the show. But I liked the overall product. I Again, I enjoy the style of wrestling. Um, uh, you know, Bloodsport gets a lot of attention. Josh Barnett uh, puts on that show. The, the, the no ropes ring stuff, it's very, you know, unique atmosphere there similar style the grappling they don't do rounds but it's mostly a grappling based promotion with strikes and and stuff um so i like that style i like this there's more promotions like this popping up man makes me want to do premiere again i just you know i got three little ones and i'm not ready for the stress anymore of uh, running my own wrestling promotion again but Maybe, I, well, maybe I'll take a booking job again. If, but does anyone even hire bookers anymore? I don't even know. But if they did, I'll be definitely pushing for uh, a, a, a style that respects pro wrestling, not just do the bunch of we gotta have, we gotta have one spot match. We, <laughs> fuck, I hate. We gotta have that hardcore match. We gotta have one of those. Yeah, you know, like, fucking bark booking, dude. Like. Give a reason for these things to happen, not just because we have to have. We get to, we gotta give the variety. We gotta give them. The, I guess so. That there's one hardcore, one women's match, one three way. Another need a four way, and uh, yeah, it just drives me insane. Like build the shit, let it happen. Not saying a women's match is a gimmick match, but like okay, like if you're gonna have a women's match, like have a a group of women that you normally book that the fans can follow. You know, if you can't do, you know multiple women's matches a show you could do one woman's match but find that one wrestler that you want to narrow the spotlight on and focus on her so you have her as your top girl you have other girls coming in and she's competing against and you know she's a dominant yeah you know in these female you have one dominant wrestler in these females matches and finally you know she maybe she becomes a champion maybe you do like a mini tournament determine like a a champion and she continues to be dominant until she finds someone who beats her. Now she has to, now she has to make a comeback to win a title. It's like, make it a focus. Don't just, well, we had to have a women's match. Like we just have to like, no, like give a reason for it. Um, you know, same thing with, if a gimmick match happens, like make sure there's a reason for that gimmick match happening. Um, and the three way is a gimmick match. People, <laughs> we, like I say, like I, <laughs> Uh, I forget who it was, but they're like, well, we got to, they're talking about their show and I'm just listening. And he's like, yeah, we need one gimmick match. We need like a three-way. I'm like, well, the three-way is a gimmick match. So 
you already had now you have two gimmick matches on your show. I don't know if you realize that. It's just so frustrating. Anyways, but again, I enjoyed Modern Age Grappling. I'm definitely going to check out their June show. I really want to see what they have planned next. I want to see what they change. I want to see if they can have a goal of this promotion. Uh, something that's really going to hook me on the reason why these wrestlers are competing in this promotion. Not not just because their love for wrestling. I get that. But like, but what's your goal? What's the championship? What's the, you know, I want to be able to follow something. So that has... I want to follow a Invitus Cash. And, you know, say I'll just say he's my favorite on the promotion. I want to see him rise the ranks and get a title shot. I want to see Adam Priest rise the ranks and get a title shot. So definitely looking forward to see what they're going to do next. Hopefully, they can tighten it on the production stuff. Um, hopefully, for their sake, is I hope they they get fans and more fans in attendance than what they had. I did not see much chatter on social media about this show afterwards. Um, so I kind of hope this Ticket on podcast kind of brings some attention to uh, to modern age grappling because um, they're, 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 they're putting on a good product and I think people should get it a shot. Like, there's a lot of horrible wrestling out there. Let, let's let's get some attention to this actual good, good wrestling with some good, talented wrestlers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow me on Twitter at LaRockaJL. Love to hear your feedback on this show. If you watched Modern Age Grappling, what would you think about it? Um, do you agree with what I said about, you know, the ultimate goal? Were you unsatisfied, too, at the end or or or, or not? Like, let me know. I want to know your, your feedback on this. Um, um, and also... You know what? What would you want to see from them? What would you want to see? Do you want to see going forward? Do you want to see more matches? Do you, do you like this four match setup? Do you like the hour and twenty? I do like shorter shows. Trust me, I like. I think a good two hour is perfect. Three hours, of course, everyone. You know, three hours because oh, because pay per views are three hours, and now they're like, you know, God, AW. I think this week is like five hours. I'm like my God, <sighs> I don't know if I want to even watch that for five hours. That's just too much. But. um I'll definitely be watching it, but uh, it's, it's just a lot. I'm going to have to watch it in a couple nights because uh, it's, it's it's a lot. Uh, but I prefer like a two-hour show. So, um, you know, like, do you want to see more matches? So let me know your thoughts on it. Um, also, make sure next week, look for my show again. We're going back in time. We're looking at, like I said, WWE Spring Stampede 1994. And if any younger viewers out, listeners out there have never seen this show, I will say it is one of the best WCW pay-per-views of all time. Um, a really well laid out show. Um, it The matches keep getting better and better. Um, and the main event is Ric Flair versus Rick Steamboat. And they have another great match. So, um, check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get that. I, you know, I'm a big fan of that era and was just obsessed with that era. And so I got a lot, a lot of things to say about that time, time frame of professional wrestling. So again, thank you. Hope everyone has a great Memorial weekend. Be safe out there. Um, I, I should have said this earlier in the show. I, for, I didn't get a chance. I just, I've been kind of taking a break from it because I was, just it's too hard for me to watch, but you know, want to uh, uh, you know give my condolences to the families of uh, the, of the mass shooting in Texas. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh my God! Like I, I just dived. I just kept reading all the stuff, and my heart just sank. You know, I got a little girl in school, and it just really, just really affected me. And, we got to do something about these fucking guns, man. We got to do something. This can't be this fucking easy to get this shit. It's like ridiculous now at this point. It is a problem. All right. Why other countries don't have this issue. We need, we need better gun control. We need it to be harder for people to get guns. I'm sorry. I know if you have different opinion, you have, we have different, I, and our, you know, respect people have different opinions, but this is what I believe is that we just it needs to be needs to be some tougher regulations out there because there's no reason 
that this should this happened. This this should never have happened. This 18-year-old piece of shit should not have been able to go purchase two rifles, these automatic rifles like this. And he just here you go, you know, like oh, yeah, I'm sure he had a a, a small background check, but there there needs to be stricter stricter policies on this and I'm just I had to take a break. My wife, she still kind of watches a lot of stuff. She tells me all this. She kind of tells me, oh, this happened, this happened. And it's like, I just could not handle anymore. And I had to take a break for my mental health because it's very frustrating. So I'm sorry to get a little too political at the end of this. I don't, don't really like to do that. But I just, you know, really want to give my condolences to those families and the tragedy they suffered. So, all right. Again, have a great weekend. Hug and kiss your family. And um, have a good night. And I'll see you next week. Take care.